And welcome to Maven Sports Show. I'm your host, Haywood Harrington. As you can see, nobody's in the studio, man. We're all on a location in different spots. we got our man Terrell Robertson in the house, a.k.a. the Imperial Real Rail. And over What's here, got my... What's going on? Man, there we go. And over here, got my man, Devin Hall. How's everything going? Everything's good. The return's good. Man, you know what? It's good to see uh, Devin on here. Now, if you guys... If you, if you look at the newsletter, if you're on the website and you're reading all these great Kentucky articles, if you're on our Facebook page, Benefit Sports Radio on Facebook, and you see all these great Kentucky articles, that's the guy right there, Devin Hall. He's the guy who's been writing them all. Man, we're happy to have him on board. Devin, thanks for showing up today. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, thanks for being here. Man, we got so much to talk about today. So much going on. Man, the first thing, though, like always, man, we have to recap. The week that was, and the week that was, unfortunately for U of L fans, <sighs> was that big loss to Wake Forest. Now, Wake Forest ranked team during the top 25 when the cars went down there. Uh, you know, Wake Forest kind of got up on us in the first quarter. U of L storms back in the second quarter. We owned the whole thing. Then, about eight minutes to go in the second quarter, we kind of lose our offensive mojo. And then the refs took over with some horrible, I mean, some of the Worst calls I've ever seen. And for those of you who did not see this call, I'll tell you, I'm telling you, man, go to our newsletter, go to Maven Sports Radio on Facebook. On our newsletter, I've got all the highlights up there. You can see it for yourself. With four seconds to go before the half, Wake Forest has the ball third and one, and they're on the uh, the goal line, right, on, a, on the one-yard line. They run the ball. And, you know, Everybody thinks the half is over. We're going to go in the half tied 17-17. You know, everybody's ecstatic. We can start fresh in, this, in the second half. But, no, the refs say that the uh, Wake Forest's coach called him over, let him know that he's going to call a timeout as soon as the play was over. And uh, so as soon as the play was, quote, unquote, over, they called the timeout. But the thing is, if you listen to the call, if you watch the play, you listen to the call, the whistle blows well after the, the clock hits zero. There's no time left on the clock, but after reviews and everything of that nature, the rest put one second back on the clock. Wake Forest kicks the ball to go up and have 20 to 17, which is which is horrible. It, a horrible call. Actually, this is one of the worst calls I've seen in a while. And this ref is known for making bad calls. As a matter of fact, the reason he was even at the U of L game, because he was supposed to do the Duke game. But after last year's debacle with Duke and Miami, and he had like the eight laterals, even though time expired, all this other stuff, but he's still out to play to go through. And the Miami wins on this last second lateral, Falooza, whatever you want to call it. Duke was like, man, look, don't send this dude to me. We don't want him. We don't want him doing any of our games. Don't have him come near us, blah, 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 blah. So they ship him over to the U of L Wake Forest game. And then you saw it. It, it was. I mean, the refs had, had had one of the worst games I've seen in a while, like a holding penalties. They were phantom. There was a block and a back penalty in the third quarter that cost Louisville drive, and Louisville was driving. They got in the wake, deep in the Wake Forest territory on a third down connection, and they called a block in the back. It was nowhere near a block in the back. That stalled that drive. Uh, it was just horrible. But you know what? Even with all that said, even with the bad refs and the, the horrible, you know, and the horrible calls by the refs. Louisville still had a chance to win a game. They still had a chance to win a game. They just couldn't seal the deal. Rail, what are your thoughts? And my thoughts is, like you said, man, it was basically the referees cheated the whole game. I mean, they basically gave Wake Forest the victory. But still in all, at the end, Louisville had a chance to win. So I'm saying if you're still in the game, get the job done. Satterfield had a chance to prove that he was an elite coach, regardless of the cheating referees, you know what I'm saying? But of course, the refs 
did set that up for Wake Forest. I feel like still Satterfield should have showed his coaching ability and called the right plays to put Malik in a better position along with his offense to be able to win the game. Their defense actually played well, even with all the stuff that went on and all the calls. They played well. The offense held up. It's just like you said, they couldn't seal the deal, though. And I don't blame that on the players. I blame that on the calling. Yeah, you know, I I, I kind of agree. You know, I, I think some of it was bad coaching decisions as well. I think Satterfield has some things that he, he could still work on as a coach. I, I didn't – some of his play calls kind of suspect. And there's uh, Joe, uh, who unfortunately couldn't make it with us today. You know, Joe had a comment uh, earlier in the week when, when we were talking about the game. And he was like, this Cardinal team goes through spurts, usually about two quarters every game, where they forget how to play football. We kind of saw that again this week, where there's about two quarters where the offense just wasn't there. It just wasn't clicking. It couldn't move the ball. Nothing was happening. And then he kind of finally get the ball rolling. But then you kind of dig yourself these holes. And it gets to be kind of a snowball effect. I want to throw in there, it's big that they were even in the game, though. I mean, I've, from what I've heard, a lot of speculation from a lot of, like, Louisville fans around here and stuff, uh, they thought Louisville might not have been the best this year. But, I mean, very easily could be 4-1. and one. Mike Force is a good team. I mean, losing on a last-second field goal, were, I mean, from what it sounds like, the referees screwed you all over. So... And that happens to a lot of teams. The referees, that, that referee right there needs to go back down to flag football or something. That's the second mishap. Or if he's known for his bad calls, he needs to get out. But, I mean, to be with a good team like that, to be in the game, that's good. And, I mean, I think Louisville's better than what people expect them to be, you know. I mean, they're still relevant. No, yeah, I agree. No, we're still relevant. You know, there's still a, a lot to play for uh, in the season. It's kind of a – a horrible way to lose. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But for a top 25 program, especially a program that just Wake Forest would just dominated FSU just a couple weeks ago and has been a very good program. They don't beat themselves. So, you know, Louisville kind of had to play almost a perfect game kind of going into it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they did their thing. They were competitive. They played hard. They played well. They really didn't shoot themselves in foot too much. They had a couple of bad false starts a couple of ill-time holding penalties that really stunned some drives. Um, I thought Satterfield could have called a better game a coach offensively. You know, but like I said, to me, Satterfield, when he calls plays, he's like a streaky shooter. When he's on, he's lights out. But when he's off, he's off. And I think these are some of the things that as Satterfield kind of matures as a big-time college coach in a Power 5 program, I think these are the things that he's going to kind of learn how to best control momentum in the games, how to try to get the momentum shift, how to keep your players engaged throughout the game so you don't have these lulls in performance in one or two quarters per game. But all in all, Louisville did better. They're, 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 they're getting better. You can see they're getting better. But this was just a – Man, watching this game was just so frustrating, such a bitter pill to swallow. I know how you feel, man. I definitely know how you feel. But uh, looking at the roster, I was looking around on y'all's roster. Y'all seem to be pretty young, aren't y'all? Yeah, you know, this is a relatively young team. But to put young in quotation marks because a lot of guys that are listed as juniors uh, or listed as sophomores and freshmen. So you have to remember, during the COVID year, none of that, that year didn't count against eligibility. So you may have a guy that's listed as a sophomore, but technically he's a junior because last year really didn't count. Um, so you have youth, but you have a lot of guys that's kind of been here and been in the system for a while. But there's a lot of youth mixed in, and UofL is they're still gelling. You kind of see them coming together. Their defense is playing much better now than they ever played in the past, which is a great thing. But trying to get some more consistency out of offense, especially offensive play calling, is what you really hope for. But luckily for us, ACC is trash this year. So uh, that's the good thing for us. This actually may be one of our toughest contests. I know we got a Virginia coming up this week for homecoming. But, uh, but like I said, the, the ACC is pretty down. So it shouldn't be too tough for us to cobble together, hopefully, seven, eight-win season. Who sets them first? Wake Forest for ACC? At the moment, yeah. Wake Forest is uh, 
is leading the pack, which, you know, to this may have everybody ACC because at the beginning of the year, everybody was like, man, Miami, they got Derrick King, they got all these guys coming back. They're going to be a powerhouse. Hasn't happened at all. Same with North uh, Carolina, though. Yeah, same with North Carolina. A lot of these teams, like North Carolina is supposed to be a big-time team, um, you know, top 25, all these expectations, you know, really hasn't kind of panned out the way a lot of people expected them to. So now you got Wake Forest is, uh, is a pretty good team. Pitt has been a surprise team for a lot of, uh, for a lot of folks. Um, so, you know, but, you know, college, but college football is based on name brand. And if your name brand teams are struggling, like Clemson, Clemson's like really, really, like really, really struggling, like like super struggling. So, with, so with those guys struggling, it makes it like really hard, you know, for the yeah, for the team for the conference to get any type Clemson, of uh, credibility. Clemson was really like the 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 marquee cornerstone of what the ACC really was and at this point right now Clemson is like at the bottom of the barrel trying to scratch their way back you know what I'm saying and it just shows that Dabble Sweeney is, doesn't have his team buying into what he does you know wow. at this point they're they're not buying into the system they're not believing in the system and they're not playing to the best of their capabilities I mean you know the defense is suspect the offense just can't seem to get it together. Everything is just not gelling. So at this point, the ACC is wide open, like you said, for a 7-8 win team to actually come out of it and get a bowl bid as the ACC champs. For sure. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that could be quite possible this year because, you know, a lot of teams you thought would be better, like, just aren't better. Um and a lot of teams thought it'd be pretty good teams. Like, thought, you know, Wake is always a very well-coached team. You know, they're always a solid team. But you just never expect them to be as good as they are now. So, you know, it's, you don't expect Pitt to be as good as they are now. Um, so it's, it's going to be really interesting to see, like, how this whole thing shakes out. But right now, the ACC is a very mediocre league. I mean, and without, though, your three big-name teams, which is Clemson, Florida State, and Miami, uh, you know, doing anything, it, it's wide open for everybody else, but unfortunately it also leads to a lot of, you won't get a lot of respect from anybody this year. So I, I fully expect, uh, you know, the ACC to be left out of the uh, college football playoff this year unless something miraculous happens. Uh, yeah, definitely. Man, but you know what? It's almost time we hit this first break. When we come back from this first break, man, we got to talk the UK's big win over Florida because that's like the first time since Transformers the movie came out. Not Michael Bay's trash Transformers the movie, but like the original 85 Transformers the movie has Kentucky beat Florida at home, man. So we got to talk about that and so much more when we come back on a Many of Us Sports Show on the Plug Network. And welcome back to my favorite sports show. Thanks for joining us here on the Plug Network. Get plugged in. I like to thank all of our uh, Patreon supporters here that's helping us keep uh, the show going. And if you want to be a Patreon supporter, go to maineventsports101.com. Click on I want to become a patron. And for a little $2 a month, man, you can help us keep on going. You can help us grow the channel. You can help us add more writers. Uh, expand our coverage and do more things, man. So we really want to hear from you. We really want to see you guys here. So come on out, enjoy, enjoy what we're doing, and become a patron. Once again, go to maineventsports101.com and become a patron. It's, it's just that simple. Now, Devin, you are a UK writer, man. Please tell us. Tell us about the greatness that was the UK win over Florida this weekend. I, I can't wait to hear from you. Well, we did it. That's all you got to start with. We finally did it. We finally beat Florida at home since 1986. I mean, we did beat them a couple years back when we had Benny Snell and stuff at Florida. But it's not as good as beating them at home, you know. And, I mean, Kroger Field, that was the most electric I've ever seen Kroger Field. It was unreal atmosphere. They had Florida, eight false starts, 15 penalties in total. I mean, it was incredible to see Kroger Field that lit, you know. But – the the reason, man, defense. 
Kentucky's defense this year is just top-notch, top 10 defense in the nation. Our offense, our passing game, Levis might not be as good as everybody's made him out to be after playing, you know, Louisiana Monroe and Chattanooga, which Chattanooga didn't do too good, but Louisiana Monroe came out. Everybody was like, oh, we finally got a passing quarterback. I don't know about it. But that's why we got the big blue wall. We got Chris Rodriguez running the ball. But, I mean, the defense, man. Josh Paschal, number four, played the game of his life, man. The one who blocked the field goal. Incredible. He played incredible. He's the reason why we won the game. Everybody fed off his energy throughout the whole game. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a pretty game, but, you know, that's the that's Coach Stoops' way, win ugly, you know. Uh, we beat Chattanooga, and um, whenever we played South Carolina, I mean, they we were heavy favorites, but we won sloppy. But, you know, a win's a win. And we're beating a top-10 opponent like Florida. We got us in the top 25, finally, since back whenever we had Snell in 2018 and them. But I think this realistically could be one of Kentucky's best teams of all time. I mean, I don't think we'll beat Georgia or nothing like that. But, you know, it's a simple fact that we're in the season 5-0. and Have a chance to go 6-0 and this weekend against LSU. We'll see how it goes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. To pump your brakes there. You actually said this could be one of Kentucky's best teams of all time? Really? Just because of the defense. For sure, the defense is no doubt one of the best defenses I've seen personally, which, of course, beforehand, they're prob- there might have been better teams than that. It's just 1998. And on from all the times I've watched, I mean, back whenever we had Andre Woodson, uh, Stevie Johnson, Keenan Burton, all of them on that team, that was a good team. But realistically, this team is right there. The only thing we lack is, like I said, Levis has been very shaky with this passing game. We do got Wondell Robinson, the Frankfurt boy. I mean, he's a stud whenever he gets the ball, whenever he gets a good pass. Uh, Josh Ali, which he's out coming up this week for LSU, so – We'll see who's going to step up and be the next big one, which I think we're getting back Deco Crowdis, a good freshman for us. Um, but, I mean, like I said, defense is going to carry us as far as we can go. Yeah, you guys do have a great defense. I will give Kentucky that. I, I was expecting a little bit more from offense, especially after Will Levis's first couple of games. Granted, he wasn't playing, like, the best competition with Chattanooga and others when he was, like, really slinging a rock. Uh, he's kind of come down quite a bit. Now he's just become kind of like a game manager type of quarterback. Um, but your defense is real. And I honestly, I, I think if Kentucky can find a way to, like, not turn the ball over, because at the beginning of the season, man, you guys are having all sorts of problems with fumbles. Oh, um, and, there was a, <laughs> and there was a couple of games I thought, man, these guys are going to lose it because, like, man, they just keep fumbling the ball away. Like, every time. It's like they get hit a little bit, they fumble. And my fear was when you guys played Florida, said, man, if you guys just, you know, get hit a couple more times, it it, it could be a wrap. But, hey, no turnovers. You guys played very well. Played disciplined ball. Uh, you didn't hardly do anything. You, did, you didn't do a lot of offense, but you did enough to win. That's what, that's, that's what really matters. And this is a great win uh, for the Wildcats. Like I said, it's the first time since, what, 1986. Like, literally since the first cartoon Transformers movie was out. Uh, man, you guys uh, beat Florida at home, so that's that's pretty big. Hey, Listen. this might be the win to put us over the hill, you know. Might get us to where we might get even better players coming in, where we might be in contention with Florida and Georgia for the next couple of years with Stoops, see how far he can take us, you know, which, I mean, second longest tenure behind Saban in the SEC as a coaching position, you know. But uh, we'll just – I just – I hope that's the – start of something, you know? I have to give Kentucky their props because they really they really play hard-nosed ball. And, and, man, you know the formula, Haven. Defense wins championships. You know what I'm saying? So as long as, long as they keep that going, nothing can stop that. You know what I'm saying? As long as they keep that hard-nosed defense and they're able to put up enough points to keep the lead, Kentucky can win a good eight, nine games this year. Oh, they can, especially with the, with the great running game that they have. And they got some some great running backs. The offensive line is, is, is superb. Like I said, the only thing that Kentucky has been lacking, probably since I'm trying to think, uh, maybe since Andre Woodson was quarterback, was a guy that could just like really, really sling it. I mean, I remember Kentucky had pretty good quarterbacks in the past with a hefty lefty. 
uh, yeah, Hartline, Woodson, and those guys that could really, really sling the ball. But it seems like since Stoops has gotten here, he hasn't really found a good guy team. yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. He hasn't found that guy. Like every year, here Kentucky fans talk about, uh, here it comes, the air race coming back, baby. The air race coming back. And it never does. It's always a ground attack that, that sustains Kentucky football, which is nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, but with that ground and pound, they get they get one good thing out of that, man. You know what I'm saying? They control time of possession. If they keep the team off the field with a solid running attack and they're able to score with it, then who's complaining? Hey, sure words have never been spoken. Hey, the big blue wall, that's a big, that's a big part of the offensive success, which uh, we did lose Landon Young and um, Drake Jackson. Yeah, I think that's his name. Uh, sorry if I got that wrong, but losing them two did hurt. But Darian Kennard, I mean, he's a first round type talent. We got Kenneth Horsey back, Luke Fortner. We got a good offensive line. And of course, Rodriguez, I mean, he's a pit bull running the ball. But like you said, turnovers. Now, he's fumbled a lot this year, which luckily we've recovered most of them. But that's his one big problem if he wants to get to the next level. And that's his Achilles heel. For sure. And uh, I wanna I wanna point out, I freaking love JJ Weaver's game, man. The hometown Louisville boy, man. He I love his game. Six five, two hundred and forty one pounds, defensive end. That interception he had was unreal to be running with a wide receiver, man. To be that big and to be running with a wide receiver, make a catch like a wide receiver, that's that was just crazy. If I'm not mistaken, I was one of those guys that wanted to go to Louisville, but the coaching staff, I, I'm not sure. I think it was maybe Bobby's coaching staff just was like, we'll never go see him. And he becomes a beast for the Wildcats. Like when we, we lost Keenan Bird out of Manual to, uh, to Kentucky, man. These guys are, are balling out. I had to give it to him. You know, Wandale is a beast. I think Kentucky needs to find a way to get that man the ball more often. Oh. Bubble screens, tunnel screens, maybe some quick slants, which would be, uh, Probably easier pass for Levis to hit and get that man in space because Wondell's a beast. You give him in space, he's going to hurt a lot of teams. Wondell reminds me of my all-time favorite player. Lynn Bowden is my all-time favorite Kentucky player, and he reminds me of his game. I don't want to say he's as good just yet just because, you know, it's still early in his tenure, but just how the playmaking ability, like, Watching Lynn Bowden whenever he was there, of course, he couldn't throw the ball very good. I mean, he was a wide receiver playing quarterback for us. But his playmaking ability, his vision on the field, running the ball and stuff, whenever Wandell catches the ball, and, like, he's very good at finding the open holes, finding the blockers. And, you know, being so small, he can withstand a lot of these hits and stuff and keep going, which impresses me tremendously for how, what is he, like 5'10"? Uh, if that. If, yeah, that. He looks more like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, but, yeah, you know, you get a football bump. We'll say 5'10", five, 5'11". Five, we'll give it to him. No, we'll we'll give it to him. With the cleats on. There you <laughs> go. But, I mean, but, but, but he is definitely, man, a beast. So let's, let's kind of do a, a quick look ahead, man. You guys have to play, what, LSU this weekend. Um, mm, that's which, a good touch, my which I've seen LSU play Auburn a couple of the, in a couple other teams this year. Man, the running game is is really suspect. I mean, which is weird to say about an LSU team that they have a suspect running attack. Because normally, if nothing else, you can always count on LSU to have a pretty good running attack, great wide receivers, and nobody to throw the ball. I mean, outside of the years they had uh, Joe Burrow, they really haven't had a guy that could, that could sling the ball. And, and they, still, they still kind of don't. And the offense has been kind of struggling this year. What do you think? I mean, I think it'll be a battle. I mean, every time we play LSU, I mean, you remember whenever we had the hefty lefty, whenever we played them and we were about to storm the field and they got the Hail Mary to win the game pretty much. We, I mean, every time LSU comes to play us in home, it seems like something wild happens. So, I mean, I'm not throwing out the window. I think we're a superior team, of course, but you never know. Oregon's I, – I think he's a good coach. I mean, I don't get why people's already wanting him out, you know. Of course, he had Burrow in them, the perfect storm, the one year they won the championship. But just let him build up. This – this uh, was it Max Johnson, I believe that's his name, the quarterback. He mm -hmm. really – he's 
he's fairly solid. He's just young, you know. Uh, he just once he develops, I think he'll be good. He has about 1,900 passing yards already, which is pretty good. Uh, their passing game's good, of course, which I firm believer that the secondary will stand up to him. Carrington Valentine's been great. Uh, Tyrell Asian and Yusuf Corker, they've both been great in the safety position for us. Um, and I mean, their defense is kind of sus too compared to their how their running game is, you know, which there's some play, there's they have some players. Uh, there's a linebacker on the team. I can't think of his name right now, but uh, he's had a great year. He has like 50 something tackles for him, which is crazy. He's leading their defense tremendously. Um, but I mean, I think we'll win in a close battle. But after that, we got Georgia. I mean, Georgia's arguably the best team in the country. I mean, you got to keep Alabama number one until somebody knocks them off. But looking at the resumes and how they played, Georgia might come and route Kentucky this year. Or when we go down there, uh, I think that's to be expected. I mean, yep. it's definitely. I mean, after all, it is. It's Georgia, and Georgia looks nigh unstoppable. I mean, outside of Alabama, which is, I mean, obviously the best team in college football right now, and it's—I don't think it's close. Yeah. I think Georgia. I think Georgia's is a quick second, but Georgia's never really beaten Alabama, so I really can't. can't I'm, I'm, I'm number one. No, I'm, no, they can't. They they can't, and they haven't. I mean, every time we had a chance to to play Alabama, they start off pretty good. Nick Saban, Nick Saban makes like one choice or one to two changes, and then it just all falls apart for Georgia. It's like they did is can't keep it up for a full sixty minutes, mm-hmm. and it costs them every time. And I don't see a change in this year. I, I think Georgia has a great defense. Their lights out. Uh. Their offense is okay. They're just they're beginning to score points now. They're kind of catching a rhythm, but I just don't see anybody beating Alabama. And when Kentucky plays Georgia, I, I know Cats fans are hype. And especially if UK beats LSU this weekend, you guys are going to be like extra super hype. It's going to be almost obnoxious. <laughs> um, but, man, I just – yeah, I just don't see it. I actually – with unless UK can figure out where to, to manufacture points quickly – I don't see it. Hey, all I'm asking for is to be within the like within scoring or I'm at least two touchdowns. That's all I'm asking for. Two touchdowns is good enough. Okay, so you're just trying to be within margin of error. Yeah, I don't want to get zero points like Arkansas, put it like that. Yeah, because they try to say Arkansas is supposed to be uh <laughs> like really, really good. And man, that didn't that that that, that did not last too long. I like that team, but they got on the they got on their horse a little bit too quick. Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely, too quick. So since we're still talking to uh, so some UK sports, we got you over here. Like, what is your surprise player? Surprise player for offense, I'd say Josh Ali because Ali mm-hmm. did struggle the years before, and I think he's finally matured and he's became a very solid number two wide receiver for us. Of course, Wandale's number one. But Ali's been pretty impressive this year. Uh, tight ends, we haven't had much tight ends. Uh, I think Isaiah Cummings, the one who was a wide receiver and now turned to a tight end, I think we need to use him more. And I got him as my breakout player for LSU game and offense. Uh, defensively, besides J.J. Weaver, I think the addition of jo- Jaquez Jones is – was massive, the transfer from Ole Miss, um, which we thought we were going to get back Jameen Davis, but he had the massive year, went to the Washington football team in the first round this year. But him filling that hole with Jordan Wright and DeAndre Square as the other two linebackers has been wondrous for us. He's done a great job. He's the one that knocked down Emory Jones's pass at the end before uh, whenever we won the game. So he's made some big plays for us this year, that's for sure. Oh wow! Okay, okay. You know what? That, that that that's a pretty good uh, rundown of, of surprise players for Kentucky here. But you know what? It's time for a big commercial break. When we come back on the other side of this break, let's switch gears a little bit. We talked a lot of college football. Let's talk some NFL football, and specifically, are the Cowboys for real? I mean, are they Definitely really? Definitely, we are. Yes, we are. We're we'll talk about are the Cowboys for real. We're going to talk about a little Wilder Fury breakdown who's going to win the big heavyweight fight, and much, much more when we come back on the Main Event Sports Show.
welcome back to Maven Sports Show. I'm your host here, Haven Harrington, joined by my two right-hand men, Terrell Robertson and Devin Hall. How you guys doing? Doing good. Man, I'm good, man. Now, Terrell, a.k.a. the Imperial One, the Real Rail, this segment's all for you, man. Are the Cowboys for real? I mean, because let's be, the, 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 let's be honest. I know you're a diehard Cowboys fan, but let's be honest. We've seen this before. But the Cowboys start off the season really good, beating a whole bunch of people, looking awesome. And then comes that, that first playoff game, they just fall off. But do you honestly think this year is any different? Man, I think this year is definitely different, man. You know, uh, our defense still working out some kinks, but our offense is all the way together. And with Dan Quinn and what he's bringing to our defense, he's brought a tenacity back to our defense that I haven't seen since – Jimmy Johnson. Now, once we get to the point where we can actually stop people and get them off the field because we're able to win because our offense is high power, no one can match us offensively because we're going to put up points. But we showed that we can win defensively when we took on, who was that, the Chargers, was it? And yeah. we won 20 to 17. We showed that we can win them dog fights. So, you know, with Dak back and then the double-headed running game of Zeke and Pollard, the defense getting better, I do believe that we can go far in the playoffs this year. I'm not going to go out and say that we can win a Super Bowl, but we definitely can become contenders in the, in the NFC Championship game. You know, for me, it was all about uh, Diggs in the secondary. That man has averaged an interception per game which is huge. I mean, having a guy that can lock a man down, that can get interceptions, turn the ball over before he gets the ball in the short field, especially when you got a high-powered offense like the Cowboys, man, they, they, that's big. Hey, listen, that's big. And, and Haven, listen, when, they, when we drafted Tavon Diggs, a lot of people said that we were grabbing, that we were taking a big risk going after this young man. Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones and Dan Quinn saw something in this man and, he, and, and Dan himself said, I need him on my defense. Micah Parsons, I need him on my defense. Dan Quinn put the pieces together that he needed. See, I, I don't know what it was that caused them to get rid of Jalen Smith earlier last week. I don't know what it was after the game that caused them to let him go. But whatever it was, Dan Quinn has a plan. Jerry Jones is allowing them. He's, he's out of the way. Jerry is not on the sidelines this season. That's a big plus. He's in the press box where he's supposed to be sitting in the owner's box, minding his business. That's a big plus when it comes to our team because Jerry Jones is to the Cowboys what LeVar, what that man name is? LeVar, the uh, uh, Which LeVar Ball was to the yeah. Lakers. Jerry Jones is what LeVar Ball was to the Lakers. Every time he ran his mouth, they seemed to get messed up more and more and more. So now that he's out of the way and he's actually letting his team play ball and he's not there in the coaches' faces telling them what they need to do and how they need to do it, the team is progressing. Again, I say, I don't say we're going to be a Super Bowl-winning team this year. If we do, it'll be great for us. But I really feel that as long as we keep going in the direction that we're going, in the end, we are definitely going to be a team to be reckoned with. Okay. Is that, is that Umar Johnson up in the corner? <laughs> I believe it is. Why make making fun of my little baby pictures up here? That's okay. I, I ain't mad at you. I'm going to come get hey, you before the show's over. I'm going to come get you before the show's over there, Doc. Don't worry you, about it. You can come get me. You need to go back to the baby pictures and remember the times. You know what I'm saying? Like Michael. Ah. Man, so, I, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of surprised about the Cowboys myself and how well they're playing. As kind of a, as a Cowboys fan, I'm just been jaded. I don't know if you're a Cowboys fan, Haven. You're no, more like a Cowboys hater fan. No, you know, no, no. I'm a fan when we win it. No, no. I'm a fan. I'm just I'm just jaded because these dudes can't win a playoff game. I'm, I've seen this before. They get all hyped up. They dominate the regular season, comes to the playoffs when it really counts, and they fall apart. I mean, they completely fall apart. And you can't tell. They, it's, it's almost like they forgot how to play football when it comes to the playoffs. So, See the, but the good thing about, game, 
the good I, thing I, about this impressed. one is though, the good thing about this one is though, Haven, in my opinion, is we have two former coaches, one head coach and a defensive coach that used to be a head coach that went to Super Bowls. Of course, Mike McCarthy winning with the Green Bay Packers, whereas Dan Quinn had a misfortune against Tom Brady and the Patriots. But that's another story. So having uh, two head coaches be able to collab with your team, it kind of makes it easier, especially when you have a head coach transition to a defensive coordinator and he's, you know, a defensive-minded coach already. So now him going back into his natural position as a defensive coordinator and having a guy like Mike McCarthy, who's a proven winner, as your partner, it makes it a lot easier. And then the play calling of Kellen Moore has been superb. Let's not leave Kellen out. Kellen has been great because when he's making those calls, he's making the right plays, right, right play calls at the right time that fits with the system of the players that he got. And it shows that this team really goes as Dak goes. It's not about Zeke anymore. This is Dak's team. Zeke is one of Dak's horsemen. Okay, you ride how I tell you to. Once you go as I go. And now with the two-headed monster, because they're giving their splitting time between Zeke and Pollard due to the extra game, they don't want to wear them both out before playoff time. They're really making it where, you know, okay, here, you guys can split the carries. And it's really making it easier because Pollard is a fast, speedy slasher. And Zeke is more, hey, I'm going to come straight at you. So he's wearing you out, and then Pollard makes the long runs late in the games. So, you know, it kind of works itself out. Okay. Real quick, about Zeke real quick. Him getting into better shape this year has just changed his game a lot. I mean, he's went downhill a little bit last year, but him getting into really good shape this year has helped him. And, of course, Dak's a top-10 quarterback. Close to top five. I, it's hard to put him top he's five. He's definitely top five, Dev. Hey. He's, he's right there, if not – if he – five, maybe. Okay, when we talk QB rate, when we talk QB rating and we talk yards, it's only one quarterback ahead of him this season. Tom Brady. No, number one, Derek Carr. That, that was just of this recent game Derek Carr took over and made it where Dak's now three. But the week before that, it was Brady – and it was Dak. Derek Carr had a great game. I give him that. Yeah. But thing about it is, when we're talking Raiders, it's John Gruden. Everything that John Gruden is saying and implementing into that team, that team is buying in. The Raiders are really starting to look like Tampa Bay when Gruden won the game, won the Super Bowl with them. When Gruden won the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, he had the same similar team that he has now with the Raiders. You know what? Talking about great coaches in the NFL, what do you guys say about Urban Meyer and his lap dance in the bar? I mean, that thing has just blown up to the point that it's just crazy. I mean, to me, the lap dance in the bar wasn't the bad thing. The thing that, that NFL players hated the most was he didn't take the plane back with the team. He stayed in Ohio when the video was filmed. I think he matriculated back down to Jacksonville later. But they were more but they were more upset that one, he didn't take the plane down. And then once everything blew up, he never really talked to the players about what kind of happened. And now they kind of do all this spin and damage control. I mean, honestly, I didn't think Urban was gonna make it maybe more than three years. I thought he was having another uh, health issue yeah. and <laughs> and retire only to wind up at like back in Florida or USC or Ohio State or one of those other big time programs. Or again, someplace when they fired their coach, I thought they'd be back in college. And he was going to have some health issues to get him there. I didn't think it was going to be lap dance gate that may end his career early. Man, listen, if they fire that man over getting a lap dance when you have coaches that do worse than that and owners that do worse than that, that would be totally, totally unacceptable. I mean, you have, you have, I mean, let's take for instance, you got NBA players who be in the strip club all the time. You got coaches who be in the strip club all the time. Let's take Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots. This man was in a happy ending parlor, for a lack of a better term. He was in a happy ending parlor, getting happy endings on a regular basis. No, that man so, flew down to Florida 
from New England to go to a special massage parlor that he liked. Man, you know what? That's, you know, you got, you got money. When you can just take your private jet, you can skip all the massage parlors on the East Coast, pass over Atlantic City, pass over New York, pass over even all the places in the South to go down to Tampa for your special happy ending. That's, that's saying something he, right there. He wanted a gator rub, man. He wanted a gator rub. <laughs> that's a magic city. I know, right? Yeah. He passed up Magic City, passed up Luke Strip Club, and everything. That hit just a one little out of waste by the strip mall in Tampa. He went to Gator World Brothel, man. They had a ball. Yeah, he did. I, I, that's a spot. Hey, but you get, but you talk about owner. We talk about owners doing crazy things. He had the uh, Ursay, who was the owner of uh, the uh, Colts. Wasn't like caught drunk and like drunk driving a couple of years ago, and nothing like really happened to him. So you know, like, nothing. They swept yeah. it under the rug. Yeah, you know, like I was never upset with the whole, you know, with the whole thing with him with getting a getting a lab dance. Actually, when I first saw the video, I was like, okay, why is this thing so big? Because I didn't recognize Urban Meyer because he wasn't doing anything. He was like just some unathletic dude sitting there, like not knowing what to do with this. Chick with no rhythm was grinding on him. I was like, yeah, it's gonna be any, it's gonna be any bar in, in, anywhere. Who's this dude? I was like, oh, Urban Meyer. Yeah, she, eh. she was dancing like a broke leg spider, or wasn't it? Man, she was. She had like no rhythm at all. She was this broke leg <laughs> spider rhythm. No rhythm at all. Just like none. But hey, you know, I get it. You know, she's young, little co-ed. Yeah, whatever. Urban, we don't care, baby. But you have to win. Because Jacksonville paid, looks horrible. He paid her tuition for that spider dance. <laughs> the worst part about it is right in front of him was a picture of him and his wife on the wall, too. They had a picture of it. They're literally, oh. I mean, literally right in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that is hilarious. You're looking at your wife and she's doing the spider monkey on your lap. Oh, hey, man. Wow. Him and Bobby Petrino, man, just one of the twins activate. Right. All the time. I know, right? All they need to do is get with Rick and they can have a power couple. <laughs> the power hour. Pimping ain't easy, though. <laughs> but, hey, you know what? Let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, it's time for our world-famous main event pick segment. We're going to let you know who's going to win, by how much, and why. On our next segment on the main event sports show on the Plug Network. And welcome back to the Amber Sports Show. It's your host, Haven Harrington. Joined in studio by my man, Devin Hall, Terrell Robertson, a.k.a. The Real Rail, The Imperial One, Grandmaster Freestyle himself, my man. Hey, Rail, before we get started with our picks, man, let them know what's that last album you dropped because it was, it, it was straight fire. Hey, man, that was a team that's on all social media networks. It was me. And uh, my label mate, Go Fresh to Don, man, it was a, a joint venture album. And before that, I dropped my own joint called Love, Sex, Drugs, and Controversy, Everything Sales. You can also find that on all social media networks. And you can find it on all streaming sites. Look up Imperial Real Rail, man, and check out my music. You know, feedback is always welcome. You can follow me on all social media links under the same name and everything, man. Imperial Real Rail, look me up on there. Hey, man, there we go. My man, Imperial Real Rail. Check him out. I'm telling you. Man, it's just ah, butter. Just smooth as can be. But you know what? It's time for our world-famous pick segment. First up on the pick segment, man, we, we got to talk about UK LSU. So, Dev, this, this is your wheelhouse, man. Tell us who you got, who's going to win, and why. Going to be another typical Mark Stoops game. It's going to be a sloppy, ugly game. It's not going to be crisp, clean like we want, like the fans want it to be. But I got Kentucky winning twenty-eight to seventeen. That's what I have in my article that I just put out in the preview for the game. Uh, I just think we're, I think we're going to be a better team in the end. The defense is going to help carry us. I think Levis is going to be a little bit better than the past couple games. The passing game will be a little bit better. Uh, but I got us winning by 11. All righty. My man's going UK over LSU. 
What's it be like a six snow star for UK? That's what it will be. Let's let's hope. Okay, yeah, well, hope. you know what? Because of your optimism and the fact you get that the, the boyish good looks and you're excited, you're ready to go, got your hair cut, got the beard all nice, crispy, and fresh. I'm gonna take, and I probably should take UK, but I'm gonna go with Frogcore Leghorn himself, aka Ed Orgeron, and LSU to find a way to lose. Give me Kentucky by three. And an ugly, ugly game. I'm so sorry to disappoint you guys. LSU 24-21 and a nail biter. Ah, there we go. Okay, you know what? Let's talk a little NFL. Big game of the week. Buffalo. Three and one going against your surprisingly two and two Kansas City Chiefs. Rail, who you got? Mahomes finds a way to get it done. Okay, my man's going to go with my man Kansas City. I feel you. Devin? Mm, I mean, Bills really have looked like the best team this year all around. Uh, but then again, they played like the Texans and stuff. And, I mean, I know the Chiefs have struggled and their defense is shaky. Uh, Josh Allen will get his job done. But I just think Mahomes and Hill, Kelsey will be too much. I got the Chiefs winning by maybe two touchdowns. Oh, wow. She's about 14. That's that's pretty big. Uh, you know what? I, I think the Chiefs this year, I think their head's gotten too big. And honestly, I think they let teams get ahead thinking they can always just turn it on and score a whole bunch of points and they'll be unstoppable. So they haven't really put the gas all the way down for a full game. I think it's kind of like playing around with teams, think, thinking they can beat them, and they got caught twice. I don't think it happens this week. I, I Honestly, I think Kansas City gets it done. It's going to be close. Uh, the Bills will score a ton of points. Josh Allen's going to run for about 60, 70 yards. He'll run for at least one score. But my homie, get to my man Patrick Mahomes. Kansas gets it done. Uh, give me a 31-28. It's all so three next, of us Chiefs. All three of us got the Chiefs. Next up, Virginia coming to U of O for homecoming. Uh, you know what? I You guys started uh, the last two off. I'm going to start this one off. Uh, Virginia's a solid team. They're pretty well coached. I don't think they have the same offensive firepower that, that U of O has. It's homecoming. I think Louisville's going to be real salty after that loss to awaken how it all went down. So I think they want to exact some revenge. Give me U of O by 7, 28-21. You can go around. U of L is going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, a real chip on their shoulder. Give me Louisville 28 to 10. Well, as much as I really want to say the Cavaliers, I got I got the Cardinals winning this game just because they're going to come in. Y'all took the words right out of my mouth. They're going to come in salty from the uh, bad calls from the refs. Uh, they were close to beating Wake Forest. I just think they're going to come in angry and take care of the Cavaliers, especially in a home game, you know. And there we yeah. go. If they, were down at, if they were down in Charlotte, I would have took the Cavaliers. And I'm from Virginia, but I'm sorry to say I think Louisville got something to prove this game. I mm-hmm. think this is going to be one of the first games where they really look like they got the capabilities to blow a team out. Oh, that's saying a lot. Okay. So next up, and last but not least – Wilder versus Fury, heavyweight title fight going on this Saturday on my man Devin's birthday. So big ups, happy birthday to Devin's. I know your birthday is Friday, so I'm going to let you start it off. Who you got, Wilder, Fury? Now, now this is the boxing match everybody talks about today. That's the two of the biggest names besides, of course, Canelo. Um, I mean, if you look at it, the easy choice is Fury, and I'm going to take Fury. I mean, I like Wilder. I like both of them, really. I want to pull for the American, but if I had to choose, I'm taking Fury. His technicality, his skill set, everything is just superior to what Wilder has. But Wilder has the right hand. You can ask Fury in that first fight. If he didn't become the undertaker, Wilder had the win. So, I mean, it's going to be a good fight, better than the second one for sure, but I got Fury. Hey, you by know decision, what? By decision. Oh, by decision. You know, I would go next. Wilder Fury. So, to me, this is the sad state of heavyweight boxing because Fury is, to me, he is an okay fighter. 
He has some skill. He has some pretty good power. But he's not a, a really dominant heavyweight like we've seen him before in the past. Wilder has power in both hands, his left and his right. The problem is he's a horrible technical boxer, a horrible technical boxer. His feet are horrible. His stance is horrible. He doesn't know how to cut the ring off. You know, the, the ring generalship is not him. He, he's, he's a knockout artist. He reminds me, and I, of course I'm showing my age here, kind of like a young George Foreman who was just swinging for the fences because all he could do was hit all this power. He could knock out both hands. So he would just swing, 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 swing. Hopefully he'll catch you. Most of the times he did catch you and he went to sleep. Um, now, in this fight, I I've heard from my man Terrell, real, real, that he's actually been working with Floyd to try to get more of a boxing skill uh, under this belt. I don't think there's been enough time between last fight and this fight for him actually to really improve a whole lot. Um, I want Wilder to win. And if he wins, he'll win by knockout because he will not win on points. He doesn't have the technicality. He doesn't have the technical skills to really acumen to win um, a decision fight. Give me, fear by, give me fury by decision. Just, just, just. I can't believe y'all did this. Honestly. Okay, listen, Wilder has been working out with Floyd Mayweather in his camp since their last fight when he lost. Wilder is leaner, he's more cut up, and he has technical skill set to back up the power now. Now he's looking more along the lines of a young Lennox Lewis. He has the Lennox Lewis going on. From videos, I now here's what I'm gonna tell you guys. He's not as clean with it as Linux was, but I'm gonna tell you this: eighth round, Wilder puts Fury down. Hey, there we go. I to thank everybody for tuning in to the Main Event Sports Show. Once again, go to MainEventSports101.com. Catch all our articles from Rashawn Myers covering U of L, Devin Hall covering UK. And UFC, we got you covered. Manyventsports101.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, listen to our podcast. Go Red Sox. Go Red Sox down. <laughs> Go Cowboys. I got the game on. I'm ready. Go Sox. Go Yankees. Everybody have a good night. And like we like to end every show without any struggle. There is no progress. Peace.